What is going on guys and welcome to another episode of the Lean365 podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to talk you through exactly how to set up your nutrition, which approach I think you should use when it comes to dieting, talk you through a few different approaches and then give you a bit of a conclusion as to the one that I think is the best and the sort of one that we use for most of our clients at FitLab. Now, if you don't know this already, your nutrition and your diet is going to be the number one most important factor in you getting in shape. You can do all the exercise in the world, you can do all the most fanciest classes, you can get trained by your personal trainer. However, if you do not sort your nutrition out, then you are going to get zero results, zero fat loss results, very, very little muscle gain results, and you're not going to see much of a difference. Now, you need to make sure you actually get this right and take enough time to actually understand what it is you need to be focusing on when it comes to nutrition. So I'm going to run you through a few diets and a few different approaches that I believe are the most popular, or I say most popular, the ones that I think are the most effective, the ones that I've used in the past, that kind of come down to just a few. I'm not running you through fad diets. If you are here to try and find out about the latest craze, the latest fad diet, keto, whatever whatever it is, that's not what this podcast is about. I'm gonna run you through realistic and lifestyle approaches to nutrition that you can use forever. I'm gonna run you through some of the advantages and disadvantages of, of all of them. So the first thing I will say is you need to find the one that's the most specific for you. So all these approaches can work better for certain people, However, it, nutrition is going to be completely independent. It's all about what works best for you, your lifestyle, and you as a person. Now, what I will also say is that every single diet, when it comes to fat loss, works in the exact same way. And that very simple thing is creating a calorie deficit. Nothing fancy about any of these diets that you see out there, Weight Watchers, Keto, Intermittent Fasting, they all do the same thing, which is create a calorie deficit, which means our body is then going to burn body fat and we are going to lose weight. So that is one thing you need to remember. Do not do a fancy diet thinking that it does something different. You need to find the diet that works the best for you. It's gonna be the easiest way for you to create a calorie deficit and stick to it for long enough to get to the position you wanna get into. Now, you need to think about your nutrition approach and actually think, is this something I could be doing one year from now, two years from now, three years from now? That is how you need to think about nutrition long-term. And the reason why most people fail is because they think short-term. And they think, right, well, if I can do this ketogenic diet for eight weeks, for 12 weeks, then I'll get to where I want to be. Great. What happens after eight weeks? What happens after 12 weeks? Do you know how to actually eat properly with a well-balanced diet of carbohydrates? Probably not. Not many people I know. And I'm not going to speak for everyone because there are some people that do ketogenic diets for the, forever and for them it works. However, for most people that like to go out, like to eat nice food, like to enjoy themselves ketogenic diet is not realistic. And a lot of approaches aren't realistic because you cannot sustain them forever. So you need to think about your nutrition. Is this something, is this an approach? Is this a method that I could see myself using one, two, three years from now? Now, obviously things can change a little bit. What I mean by that is your nutrition in your fat loss phase and your approach in your fat loss phase could be a little bit different to what happens afterwards. However, it needs to be along the same lines because your conditioning habits and you're conditioning a lifestyle that is gonna be there for the future. So the first thing and the first approach that I'm gonna run you guys through is flexible dieting. Now effectively what flexible dieting is, is it's working more or less off some calories and a protein goal, and it's just aiming for that every single day. So you basically got full flexibility over your nutrition of what you're gonna consume, and you're just working off those two numbers. Flexible dieting can work for some people. However, the people it does work for are people that actually know a reasonable amount of nutrition already, like, you know, someone like myself, coach, someone that is in this realm of fitness, because that way 
they will actually know how to set those calories and protein up to get the most from those calories and then the sorts of food they should be eating, how to create lots of energy from those foods. If you do not know much about nutrition, you are not gonna be able to follow a flexible nutrition approach very well because giving you some numbers is not really gonna be very realistic. I would not give any client a fit lab unless I felt they were already in a fairly good place with understanding nutrition. I would not just give them some numbers and be like, off you go because that is not gonna be an effective way of dieting. They're not gonna know which foods to have. They're not gonna know how to fill their plate up. It's not very effective. So flexible dieting can work in the ways that you've got flexibility over what you consume. You know, you don't have to miss out on certain foods. However, I don't believe it's a fantastic method to use. Flexible dieting obviously resolves solely around tracking your food. So using MyFitnessPal and making sure that that is being used every single day to ensure that you're not gonna over your calories. Now, I'm not gonna say that flexible dieting is poor. However, I think for most people starting out, it's not a great approach just on its own. I think there needs to be more to it to make it an effective approach. Next up, which gets a lot of wrap, a lot of stick, is a meal plan. Now, meal plans, I actually don't think are that bad. I think it depends on which meal plan that someone receives, the foods that are on it, and also what is actually going alongside that meal plan. You know, is that person learning at the same time of what could happen you know, in the future? Like, Realistically, we know we can't follow a meal plan forever. Like Every single coach tells you this. You can't follow a meal plan for extra life, so why are you doing it now? If you get the correct understanding and education alongside a meal plan, then potentially it isn't actually that much of a bad option. The advantage of a meal plan is it just is effortless. It takes away the thinking of what you need to have. It just tells you what to have. Like I have clients that follow meal plans and they get really good results from it. At the end of the day, like they wanna just be told what to do, what foods to eat to get a result and it works. I educate clients alongside so they know if they don't follow that meal plan forever, they will still be able to eat in the correct way to sustain their results. We use a meal plan to get them to where they wanna be and then potentially when they get there, we can start to use a more flexible approach. For some people that does work. And again, for some people, that is not what everyone should do. However, I think for a certain amount of time, meal plans can work. But at the end of the day, we know meal plans can't be followed forever. That is one of the disadvantages and drawbacks of meal plans is that you cannot follow your meal plan for the rest of your life. If you go traveling, if you go on holiday, if you have a work event, whatever, the meal plan goes out the window. It is not a realistic long-term approach. So it might work for you in the short run. And if you're the sort of person that just needs to be told what to do to get to where you wanna be in 12, 16 weeks, maybe the meal plan approach could work well for you. However, you absolutely need to understand how to do it without the meal plan. You cannot solely rely on the meal plan for the rest of your life. So if you're gonna use a meal plan, just make sure you're understanding at the same time what you need to do if you don't follow that meal plan. Third approach, now this is my favorite, and that is a hybrid approach to your nutrition. Now, what I mean by hybrid is you're basically using flexible dieting, you're using the kind of advantages to flexible dieting, and you're also using the advantages to the meal plan approach, and you're basically molding it into one. Now, this is what we do for clients at FitLab. We use this approach, which works really well. And basically, we're creating a meal plan based off their preferences. So we're looking at the foods they consume, like to consume, and we're just building a meal plan that's based off that. Okay, something that actually isn't that different to what they're currently doing. If we think about the easiest way to diet and the easiest way to stick to something for a long time, it's not making massive amounts of changes. It's actually trying to include what we're currently doing, some of the foods that we're currently consuming, but just making it a little bit better, improving it, and making it actually work towards a set amount of calories and a protein goal. If we make massive change, it's harder to us, for us to actually be able to stick to for the long run. So with hybrid, you wanna think about the food you like to consume, create a rough meal plan around that. So timings of food, food you like, if you're eating with other people, all that kind of stuff. 
When you've got that, what you then need to do is have regular swaps, have certain meals that maybe have you know, different menus each night, something like that. One thing that I really recommend is that certain meals stay the same all the time because I don't believe you need flexibility around every single meal and then certain meals can be kept the same. So realistically, and certain meals can be switched, sorry. So realistically, breakfast, lunch, pre-workout meal, potentially post-workout meal, I don't believe there needs to be much of a difference in these meals. I believe that you can just keep these meals pretty much the same. If you're like myself, you're busy, you're moving around, you're doing a lot in the day, right? You don't wanna be thinking massively about what you need to be having for breakfast, what you need to have for lunch. It's easy to just have the same stuff. Obviously you can make slight changes to these foods, but do you really need to have a different breakfast every single day? Not really. I think it's easier to just get in the routine of having the same foods for certain meals. It saves you money as well. You're not buying stuff you don't need at the supermarket. You become a lot more structured and you become a lot more efficient with your time. We're a creature of habit. So by having the same foods and keeping structure in place, it works incredibly well. So I believe certain meals can be kept the same for a long period of time. Over time, you can make small changes to those potentially. However, I just think you know less choices that we make, the easier it gets. But what I also do believe is that there are certain meals that can have more flexibility around them. So for example, your dinner is probably a meal that you might be eating with a partner, you might be eating with your kids, or it just might be a meal that you want more flexibility over. You don't necessarily want to be eating the same dinner every single night. You might wanna have a menu of a few different alternatives that you can bring in. So this is where the hybrid approach works incredibly well, because what we're basically doing is we're keeping the structure from the meal plan with the foods we like having, but we're just having a few different swaps and switches that we can use for making it a little bit more fun over time. So maybe like two to three different dinners or even a different dinner every evening in the week. Like that is still very realistic and easy to do. We do that for clients at FitLab. And then that way it means you've got a bit of variation, but you're not having too much variation where it becomes very tricky and it just starts to become a little bit messy. So that hybrid approach works really well. And then along the weekends, we can also have a little bit more flexibility. So we often make sure that clients have got a little bit more wiggle room at the weekend we give them slightly more food more calories so that they can have a little bit more flexibility if they've got social events you know or they're doing things at the weekend so when we're looking at the hybrid approach you know we can kind of blend that in with flexible dieting at the weekend and we can just start to really make sure that we're tracking our food at the weekend we're staying accountable as much as we can and then potentially if we are going out to somewhere that's not trackable um, and it's not something that we have full control over that's where it really comes down to making a good educated choice Okay, and this is what is gonna fall nicely into the last method, which is intuitive eating. So effectively intuitive eating is not tracking your food, not following a meal plan, and just using your brain and your common sense as to whether you're consuming the correct amount of food. Now, for 90% of people, and most of you listening to this, intuitive eating at the start when you're trying to get in shape is never going to work, okay? because you do not understand nutrition well enough to know how much protein you should be getting in or how much protein that looks across the day, whether you're consuming the correct amount of calories. You certainly do not know whether you're in a deficit or with intuitive eating. Like that is, is not going to happen. In the long run, if we're looking at more maintenance or potentially in trying to build a bit of muscle, you can get away with intuitive eating. If you need to ensure you're dropping body fat on a week to week basis, it's very difficult to intuitive eat. It's not to say you can't do it. You can use portion sizes, you can you know, subtract, a few different things off your food list to just pull calories back a little bit, you can still do it. And I know people that have been successful with it. I would not recommend it. If we want fast, efficient, predictable results, intuitive eating is not that great for that. Following a meal plan or hitting a certain amount of calories, using the hybrid approach, 
That gives us predictable results when it comes to fat loss because we know we're consuming the correct amount of calories. We know we're hitting our protein target. We can pretty much predict you know, how much weight we're going to be looking to lose on a week-to-week basis. We know when we're going to potentially get to our goal and we can work out those numbers. We can reverse engineer. When it comes to intuitive eating, we don't really know that because we don't really know how much of a deficit we've created, if we've created one. So it's not great. So for most people, I would not really recommend you just work off sort of portion sizes and trying to eat a little bit cleaner. This is why most people struggle because I speak to a lot of people like, right, I'm on a diet now, I'm trying to get into good shape. I'm eating really clean food. I'm just eating chicken and salad and, and fish and broccoli. And this is all I'm eating now. I'm, I'm going to get into great shape. Probably not because if you're just eating those foods, those clean foods, but you have absolutely no understanding of the calories uh, that are in those foods and you don't know what you're shooting for, it's, but again, there's no predictable results there. It becomes very hard. So that's why I don't think intuitive eating for most people that are getting started on their journey that are trying to get into incredible shape, it's not really a good method to use. However, intuitive eating, when you get further down the line and you start to understand nutrition better, you start to have the correct habits in place, you potentially aren't in a deficit anymore. So you've come out of a deficit, you've got the shape that you want, you're now working at more maintenance or you know, you're working at more performance. Intuitive eating can work incredibly well. Okay, this is basically, you know, having the reins, not having to track your food all the time, not following a meal plan. I intuitively eat probably for 70% of the year to stay in shape. Like I haven't weighed myself now for probably about a month. I know if I get on the scales tomorrow morning, I'll be roughly 87, 88. I haven't tracked my food now for again about a month. Like I know these numbers well, I know where I'm at. I don't need to track my food all the time. I don't need to, to do that to be able to ensure that I stay in shape and keep the body that I want. Now this takes time to understand and I would not suggest that if you just started or you've been on your journey for you know even 12, 18 months, I would still wouldn't suggest you eat intuitively because I just don't think it's the correct method. I think it takes time to understand enough about nutrition, enough about portion sizes, enough about calories, about what works for you, your body, your commitment, your lifestyle, the amount of exercise you do. You will understand all these things over time so that you can ultimately you know, have that full control over your nutrition. And as I say now, I'm not really tracking food. I'm not following. I would say I follow a very rigid approach to my nutrition. So I don't have massive amounts of flexibility. I do eat pretty much the same foods every day. Um, apart from, again, a few options, I, I do use more of a hybrid approach um, because I believe that this works best for me. I believe that successful dieters don't have massive amounts of flexibility over their nutrition. I think that just keeping it simple is the best approach. Um, however, intuitively for me, you know, that works incredibly well. So really my opinion when it comes to which approach to use for you, which is going to be the best, my opinion in the long run, all of these like approaches molded together is the best. That is in my opinion, the best one to use. So I think a little bit of flexible dieting, I think a little bit of a meal plan, I think hybrid kind of brings those two together anyway. And I think intuitive eating as well is incredibly important. So I think to build the ultimate approach to your nutrition, to get you in shape, to keep you in shape, to use for the long run, is to just mold all these things together. We want flexibility. So we don't want to have to be having the exact same food every single day, all the time, uh, with absolutely uh, you know, zero choices of, of, of what we're going to have. We want to be able to make and have flexibility across the weekends. You know, we don't want to live a lifestyle of literally the same foods all the time. However, too much flexibility is dangerous. It does not work. It becomes... Like it gets to the stage where you make very poor choices, you end up buying meal deals, there's no structure, there's no meal prep, it just becomes very messy. So we pull a little bit of meal planning into that, 
structure, planning in advance, making sure there's certain meals that stay the same because they don't need to be different. You don't need different breakfasts all the time. You don't need different lunches. That's just not necessary. So we put a bit of meal plan in there and we create a hybrid approach. Now the hybrid approach works incredibly well. It keeps us tracking our food. It ensures that we've got structure with a bit of flexibility. However, when we get to weekends, when we have meals out, when we have social events, when we go on holiday, we are not gonna be tracking our food. So the hybrid approach is not gonna work particularly well during those times. And that is where we then use the final piece of the puzzle, which is a bit of intuitive eating to ensure that we can still sustain and keep our results. Now, this is gonna come down to understanding what you should be shooting for in your meal. Protein, you know, roughly how many, um, how many grams of fat should I be trying to consume in, in this meal? Roughly how many vegetables should I be trying to consume in this meal? So generally trying to get a good portion of veg in there as well. Like that's the sort of intuitive eating style that can work pretty well when we're in a position when we're not able to track our foods. So really we mold everything together and we've got the ultimate approach when it comes to nutrition. And that is something that most of us are gonna be able to sustain for the long run as well. We're thinking, we're using our brain, we're using our habits, but we've also got good structure in place with a few options and flexibility as to when we need it. You do not need to track your food forever. And that's what I want to finish this podcast on. Tracking is a fantastic tool to begin with. And I would get pretty much every client that comes into the program to track their food for at least at least 16 weeks, probably more, um, to, make, to make sure that we're hitting exactly the numbers that we want to consume. However, over time, when you start to understand nutrition better and you start to get a much broader understanding of portion sizes, of all these different things. You don't necessarily need to track your food forever. We don't need to be a slave to MyFitnessPal for the rest of our life. We do it for enough time to understand nutrition well enough to be able to make proper choices and educated decisions. And then in the future, when we're where we wanna be, we can, you know, priorities might change a little bit. We can then move to that intuitive approach to ensure that we stay in shape for life, make good choices and sustain those healthy habits, which is ultimately gonna keep us where we wanna be. So guys, that is in a nutshell how I would approach nutrition. That is a bit of an understanding hopefully of a few of those areas um, and which one hopefully is the best for you. As I say, I would probably make a, a good molding of all these together to give you the most realistic and sustainable approach to your nutrition to ensure that you get results. I hope you have found this episode insightful and useful. If you have, drop me a five-star review. Make sure you stare at your story and tag me. And guys, I will catch you in the next episode.